Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and I'm excited to join the podcast to the danger zone. (laughs) Joining me today is Devendra Hardawar. Finally, a new Tom Cruise movie that proves he still has sex appeal. (laughs) There's a sex scene in this movie. Wow. Jeff Kanata. I've got the need, the need for an hour or so of mildly entertaining movie discussion. (laughs) (laughs) And joining us today, he is a senior reporter for io9 and Gizmodo. Jermaine Lucier, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. And I'm very excited to talk about what I believe will be the third highest grossing blockbuster of 2022 (laughs) summer. (laughs) Welcome back, Jermaine. Now, longtime listeners of the show will know that Jermaine recently appeared on the Summer Movie Wager episode of the podcast. And when I say long time, I mean you've been listening for at least a month. (laughs) You can track the progress of the wager at thesummermoviewager.com. Thanks to Dennis for maintaining that website. And Jermaine made a rather shocking choice on this year's summer movie wager. Um, He put Top Gun Maverick as his number three movie of the summer above Lightyear, Thor, Love and Thunder, (laughs) uh, you know, Minions, Rise of Gru, Uh uh, a shocking choice. And, you know, before we even get to the review, Jermaine, uh, how do you feel about that choice? Do you think... uh, you think it holds up? Do you think? Would you feel like uh, it's gonna be a top grosser of the summer? I feel much better about the choice after having seen it. I still don't feel like I still <laughs> I regret it a little bit. But I, I feel little I, high. Yeah, but, but you know, a little high. Yeah, I think I think I definitely the Thor pick is really what's gonna hurt me this time. But I'm <laughs> after seeing Doctor Strange and among other things. But it's like, but I but after seeing Top Gun. I liked it enough, and I think the people that I've talked to, I don't know about you guys, we'll find out soon, like it enough that I think it's going to do much better than you all expect. And if it at least maybe doesn't hit three, but is higher than everybody else picked, I will feel validated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I should point out that as we're recording this right now, we actually have no idea how well it's going to do. The movie has not come out yet, uh, so we don't yet know what the grosses will be. If you're a patron of this podcast, you are actually listening to this conversation early at patreon.com slash film podcast. Thank you so much for being a patron. We really appreciate it. Uh, And this review, usually we post the reviews early if we can make them early for patrons uh, for big movies like this. Uh, But this is going to be the whole episode. Usually we post the review early and then we do the whole episode later. Uh, This is the whole episode. There's not going to be a separate episode. Um, So if you're listening at Patreon and you're going to listen to this review, yeah, that's, that's it for the, for the episode this week uh, because we got a lot to discuss. So uh, anyway, thanks so much for all patrons at patreon.com slash film podcast. Sign up there for ad free episodes as well as exclusive after darks. You can find more episodes of this podcast at filmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. A couple of other programming announcements before we get going. Uh, one is that uh, starting next week, we will be uh, doing a Jurassic Park rewatch, uh, which means, you know, there is yeah. a, there's some debate about whether we should rewatch all the Jurassic Park movies in the lead up to the release of Jurassic World Dominion on June 14th. And... Uh, Let's just say there was mixed enthusiasm for that plan. All I asked for was good ones, please. That's all. So our current plan is to watch what we believe are the two most relevant Jurassic Park movies and the to best. prepare 
for Jurassic yes. World Dominion. Uh, and that is Jurassic Park 1, directed by Steven Spielberg, and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So that is the first and fifth movies that we're going to be the rewatching. Bookends. The bookends, as yeah. currently bookends. constituted. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. And I'm so gonna, I'm going to chime in because obviously I'm not part of this. I have no skin in this game. But I've been doing the same thing on io9. You can read the articles there. I finished watching the first three. And I will say um, two is way worse than I remember. Three. Yep. Way better than I remember. Three's not bad. Three is not not bad. bad. Yeah. And yeah, I have yeah, yeah. I, I have World, which I'm sort of looking forward to, um, and uh, and then Fallen Kingdom. I I don't know, but I'm excited to hear what you guys think of uh, mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of these. And I wish you'd done all of them because these middle films are super interesting. I mean mm-hmm. that that is that's a tough pill to swallow, Drew. I don't yeah. mean I don't mean <laughs> I, I mean I mean okay. Let me rephrase. There's a yeah. lot of fun to talk about. Mm-hmm, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly, yeah. Well, in any case. Uh, if you are a subscriber to the After Dark, you'll be listening to our rewatch of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in the next couple weeks, leading up to the release of Jurassic World Dominion. It'll be fun to revisit those films uh, and fun to do a retrospective. We've been we've been doing a bunch of these on the After Darks, and uh, I've really had a great time, and I think the uh, the patrons have enjoyed them as well. So thanks so much. Finally, uh, before we get to our review of Top Gun Maverick today, I also want to point out that uh, it was my birthday recently. And the guys got me a cool gift for my birthday, and it was very mysterious the way they presented it to me. They're like, "Meet us at this time, slightly before we record the regular show." And I'm not going to spoil what it was, but uh, what I have done is I recorded the entire conversation we had of them presenting me the birthday present, and I'm going to append that as a little bonus uh, to the end of this episode. So fun little bonus. Um, it's, and I, it's Dave's birthday and everyone gets a gift. That's right. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to Jeff Kanata, Devinder Hardwar, Peter Sreda, Danish Syed, and also the folks in this uh, Slack group I hang out with. Aww. Ryan, Mike A, my brother Mike C, Scott, Jose, Marcos, and Craig. Uh, thanks so much to all of you guys for making this lovely birthday present possible. Uh, and I put it at the end so you'll know what it is. You'll you'll understand, I think, uh, what is going on uh, after you listen to it. Warning that there is strong language. Uh, so if you are listening with kids, maybe, you know, save that segment until afterwards. But yeah, be that's like, a very, tease, very man. D- Dave exclaims uh, <laughs> a, 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 with a, a litany of profanities, the likes of which you've never heard mm-hmm. come from his mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In shock and awe and surprise. It's amazing. Also, a fun bonus, you know, is if you want to play a little fun little game, like a meta game with the podcast, listen to the bonus segment at the end of this episode, uh, which is going to be my me receiving my birthday present. Then uh, listen to the weekly plug segment from last week. <laughs> and Jeff's weekly plug is going to make a lot more sense. Uh, so it's like uh, kismet, you know, it's like... Uh, uh, yeah. it's, like a, it's like our own little M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like our own little uh, version of a little Lost, you know, like solving a little mystery with Lost there. You know, like what? why was Jeff acting so weird during Weekly Plugs last week? <laughs> now you're going to find out uh, after you listen to, to this week's bonus segment. So, okay, uh, that's all the programming stuff. Uh, why don't we get to our review of Top Gun Maverick? What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? 
Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. That was from the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, the newest film from director Joseph Kosinski. I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him, end quote. Pretty terrible plot summary, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but... that's a good summary of the first 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> he has Great. nothing to do, yeah. Yeah. Jermaine Lucier. Yes. You believed in this movie for, with the summer movie wager. You have now watched the movie multiple times. Accurate. Tell us, tell us what you thought about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I truly, truly loved it. Um, it, it. It feels to me like pe- people are comparing it to uh, Aliens or like Empire Strikes Back in the, the way that it's a, a sequel that's better than the original in some ways. And I don't know about that yet, but I do think um, it's a sequel that does sequels right. Um, it's, uh, it's not too nostalgic, but it's nostalgic enough. The story is simple and emotional. Um, I love that it's like a military oceans 11, you know, it, it, it really kind of like gives you these very clear goals for people to achieve and it makes the stakes so much higher because you're just with it. Um, and, uh, and, and the characters are just, are just, are just lovable. Even the side characters have a little quirk here that you really like. And, it just looks incredibly gorgeous. It sounds even better. Um, it, it will definitely be like one of my favorite movies of the year. And uh, as a some, as a kid who literally saw the first Top Gun in theaters in 1986 when he was six years old and has probably watched it once or twice a year since, this lived up to my expectations and then and then some. All right. Well, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Devendra Hardwar, uh, you recently rewatched Top Gun with the rest of us for uh-huh. our After Dark retrospective on this movie. Uh, and I, I think it's fair to say you you didn't have super high hopes for this one, is, is nope. kind of my sense, right? Not at all. Not at yeah, all, yeah. really. So I am curious, were you pleasantly surprised by Top Gun Maverick? I, I was pleasantly surprised. And I will say, uh, you know... Uh, undoubtedly, this is a sequel that's better than the original, right? I think the stakes are higher. The characters are richer. Um, it has vibes, but it's not just like coasting on the vibes of like the soundtrack and everything and, you know, cool 80s action. I think ultimately what is really compelling about this is that the technology to make a Top Gun movie has caught up with the Top Gun movie, mm-hmm, you know, like to mm-hmm. get the camera yep. in the cockpit, actually shoot some of this stuff. Um, I saw it on a LIMAX screen here in Atlanta. It was still like a really immersive experience. And, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, uh, I had like four hours of sleep that day. I had to drive almost an hour to the theater to like see this thing. Um, I, I was not in the mindset to really enjoy a movie. And this movie just kicked my butt because it is just so much fun. Um I have some issues with it. Like there are some things that are just kind of uh, curious that we'll talk about in spoilers. But I I think overall, um, you know, it's a great follow up. I love that. Yeah, Tom Tom Cruise is like the center of the movie, but also it's it's not so much about him. I love the fact that uh, it reminds me that Miles Teller is fantastic. 
Like I love Miles Teller and I love him in this movie because he is such a great combination of like charisma and tortured drama. He's just, he's so good. Um, I'm, I remember there were some like uh, tabloid stories about him being like a COVID denier and being a jerk about it on set. Apparently those were rumors because he had, he said he was vaccinated. So I don't know. That was, that was my like one qualm with him before. Uh, but I've always liked him. I, I'm glad like he's back in more stuff now. Um, it, it is just like a great ensemble piece too. Like I, I like all these little, you know, all the different characters it is so much fun, even though like the the ultimate thing about this movie is that it is uh, it, it is a Death Star run. They're just doing the Death Star run, you know, <laughs> but it is um, really compelling in a simple way to like boil down uh, what this team has to accomplish. You know, and it looks so good and it feels so good. It's just a good time. And um, I think I put out number five for my summer movie wager. I was like the one below you, Jermaine. I have I, I think this movie will do well. I don't think it'll do number three well. But I think it'll do pretty, pretty damn well, like given how propulsive it is. I'm going to put this out there, guys. I'm going to make a statement that is impossible to prove on uh, <laughs> one way or the other. But I feel like the reception to this movie, which as we're recording this is around 97% Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. would be substantially worse if this movie was released when it was originally supposed to be released. Which I think it was originally 2019, but then like eventually a firmer date was... 2020 before COVID pushed it back uh, by a couple years. I think this movie coming out now mm. is extremely refreshing because mm-hmm. it is old school uh, filmmaking, like action filmmaking, where you're actually putting people in the jets and trying to make it look as real as possible um, in a theatrical environment that is completely inundated with superhero films, you know, um, mm-hmm. comic book films and superhero films. And, and I feel like, uh, this feels like a refreshing throwback now, as opposed to a couple years ago when we were awash with legacy sequels, and we still are to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have felt a little bit more played out back then. I, I, so. I, I don't. I, I feel like the thing I want to posit is that I think it was a brilliant move not to push this to streaming at all, because you gotta. This is a movie where the best experience is be- watching this on a big screen, mm-hmm. um, hearing the sound. Like I-, I think that is the thing we can debate. Like, should they have like just pushed it to streaming, like so many other movies? And I, for this one, like it, I didn't mind waiting a couple of years. Like this was the best way to experience this movie. I agree. Sure. It was, it's incredible theatrical experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Fun, fun detail about this, by the way. Uh, Tom Cruise definitely believes in the theatrical experience, um, and. Uh, I read a report from Cannes Film Festival by Rachel Handler over at Vulture. Headline of the article, Tom Cruise is being boring at Cannes. And basically, <laughs> it's it's about a Q&A that the, he did. And apparently, he gave no, no interesting answers of yeah. note during that He's Q&A. He's not a person. Right? He, he is a avatar for our cinematic desires. That's all Tom Cruise is. <laughs> right, right. But there's there one yeah. thing that I thought was really interesting, which is, uh, I'm reading from the article. She says, quote, there was a moment when Cruise seemed ready to go old school nuclear, but then reeled himself in. The interviewer asked Cruise if Paramount had ever pressured him to release Top Gun Maverick on a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And Cruise's face went briefly offline before he returned, <laughs> before he returned with a smile. And he says, quote, no, they wouldn't. That's not going to happen ever. Not he said, still grinning. W- that, was is he like- never, that is never going to happen ever. That is never going to happen. No. And- <laughs> was he like the Mentat in Dune where his eyes just go blank? He's like, oh, calculating, calculating. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he probably like almost pa- he lost time basically when he has to- because he's like, that is how much he hates the idea of his movies going straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of clout at Paramount. Paramount does not have a lot of franchises. They don't have a lot of 
IP. And, and to the extent they have IP, a lot of it is tied up with Tom Cruise, with Top Gun Maverick and with Mission Impossible. And so he has a lot of power there. And it's like, no, never going to. Ha- How just, dare you, sir? He just transformed into En Vogue for a second. <laughs> never going to get it. Never going to get yes, it. Never exactly. going to get it. Pretty much, it. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Kanata, your thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? Well, Dave. <laughs> Yes, you could say. <laughs> My thoughts on Top Gun Maverick are best summed up in the form of a limerick. Top Gun has now been dethroned. The sequel, all by its own, makes the first look like crap. And that quality <laughs> gap, I'll refer to as the danger zone. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Excellent. I'm going farther than either of the previous two commenters, and I will say this is the biggest delta in quality between a first film and a second film ever. Ever? Wow. Mm. Yes. I think this trounces the first movie. I think that I think, you know, I think the first movie has a lot of nostalgia and is uh is you know, it's definitely a, it has a place in our cultural mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. zeitgeist. You know, yeah. in it has its place in movie the movie pantheon, right? But as far as a quality film going experience, it is it's ten times the movie that yes. the first movie is. Yeah, I would think it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, if you think about the first movie, the first movie is it's like, oh, we're gonna do this competition. Oh, and here's this mission that means nothing. It's tacked on. Right. right. Just to give you a climax. Here the whole movie leads up to the climax. And right there, that's just simple, much better screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they f- figured out the formula about how to make a top gun movie. For today, and that formula is make it a Mission Impossible movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah. This absolutely. is a Mission Impossible movie with a Top Gun skin on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you know, I was also thinking, Jeff, um, make it a Fast and Furious movie because what is <laughs> Fast and Furious but Top Gun? Yeah, meets Point Break. No, that's that's what that franchise is. It's amazing. I, I, I like how Mike Ryan over at his review on Uproxx put it. He says, "Quote: The plot of Top Gun is literally here's the mission. Now we will spend the whole movie training for the mission. Then at the end we will do the mission. The it's team mission trains impossible. for this mission uh, with so many unbelievable uh, aerial stunts. By the end, there is absolutely no confusion what the mission entails. At no uh-huh, time uh-huh. will you be thinking, wait, what's going on?' And yeah, and well, no, there's there, a mission, yeah. and it is clearly <laughs> laid out as being impossible to achieve." <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, th- then this guy, let's call him Ethan Hunt. I mean, Maverick. <laughs> we we don't know his real name. I've never remembered his actual Pete. Name. It's, it's just Pete. they call him Pete Mitchell yeah. a lot of times in this movie. Surprise, Pete. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Pete uh, you know the coolest name of all, Pete. Pete. Yes. Um, better Mitchell. than Bra- better than Brad Bradley or something like that. It's actually um, <laughs> Goose uh, Rooster's name in this is. Uh, oh my god! I should have had it up before I said something. Here's. Oh, yeah, Bradley. It's Brad Bradshaw is his name in this. Mm, so there yes. you go. That's good. But Pete I mean, Mitchell. Pete it, Mitchell. It better literally than that, yeah. has the one absolutely essential scene in any Mission Impossible movie, which is the computer graphics showing you how <laughs> impossible this mission is yes. going to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have that in this movie. It's mm-hmm. This movie says this mission <laughs> is impossible, mm-hmm. except that Tom Cruise and a group of ragtag teammates are going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it's a Mission Impossible movie. And I love it. I love that. Because, you know what? Mission Impossible movies are damn fun to watch. And so is Top Gun Maverick. It is damn fun to watch. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise is still charming and fun. And uh, 
works and Jennifer Connelly is exquisite and uh, and timeless and amazing and I can't believe she's real and uh, you know all these side characters are super fun and as Devendra said the technology has caught up to the point where oh my god this these jet sequences aren't just whatever b-roll b-roll we mm-hmm. could capture edited together in some sort of fashion it really does feel like an action sequence that makes sense and and blows the doors off and the fact that you know that at least tom cruise was actually up there it you it you feel that especially in the imax experience that i had i highly recommend folks that are going to see this seek out imax uh as their you know method of seeing it because it really is a great imax experience shot on imax cameras um and you know I don't know how many of the other actors were really up in the in jets and stuff, but yeah, it feels like all or most for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a thing where just him. Yeah, there's a thing where they turn and like press their hands against the window a bunch of times, and you could do that in a green screen or blue screen environment, but. I totally buy that they're like literally tracking something that they see through the window. There's no, Uh there's no sense that the director is off camera going, okay, look to the left, look to the left, you know, which I do sense in the first movie. There's a lot of like spinning their head around and going, I can't see him or, you know, whatever. But in this movie, it, it really feels like these actors are reacting to things that are really happening all around them. The way that the it's shot with these sort of subtle fisheye lenses so you can see a lot of the uh, environment around the yeah. exterior of the of the cockpit is incredible. I mean, it, it it's a much bigger, badassier movie than the first one, and it's bigger and badassier than I thought it was going to be because the first Top Gun movie is kind of a kind of a mood piece, kind of a, a character piece. It's really more of this romance than it is a kick-ass jet fighter movie. It it's got some kick-ass jet fighter stuff, but it's way more about Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis than anything else, I think. And this one is like, no, we're making a Mission Impossible movie. Like, yeah, there's going to be some some character stuff. There's going to be some relationship stuff. But what you're here to see is multi-stage, awesome action sequences, and it delivers those. So I had so much fun with Top Gun Maverick. I think it is a far better film than the first one. Maybe the best sequel ever, I think. There's so much to be said uh, about everything you said, but I I think you are the the mission... Crafting around that mission, it just makes it so easy to understand, and you just track it so well. It was like uh, watching Jurassic Park recently. I was like, I can, and, and you could pause any one of these action scenes, and I could tell you where every single character is. You don't get that anymore in most movies. And here, just because you set up each section of this mission and what every single person has to do over and over again, it kind of gets drilled into your head that when they finally get to this mission, you are like you're on the edge of your seat. Like, oh my god, are they going to pull off this? Oh, they got they got a. Oh my god, can they do B? Uh, oh B. Oh B. And then like you just it just it really makes it really really intense because it's so simple and clear. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you, Jermaine, and uh, I agree with basically what Jeff said. You know, it's interesting, Jeff. You you're saying this is the best increase in sequel quality. Yeah. Ever. And the thing is, many of those things that have the best sequels, like Godfather 2 or Empire Strikes Back, the mm-hmm. fir- or even Terminator 2, like yeah. the yeah. first movie was pretty good. Pretty good. You know? Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And I think we all didn't feel like Top Gun was pretty good. You know, like there, it's pretty it's rough. A classic. Movie. Some of you did. Yeah. 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 
I mean, this is a movie that Top Gun Maverick is a movie I plan to see many, many more times in my life, you know, hopefully in the theater. And that is not the case of Top Gun original, you know, uh, Top Gun original flavor. Uh, you have already all brought up really great points. I, I think, the, you know, to, to put a finer point on what you said, Jeff, at no point during the original Tony Scott Top Gun did I believe these actors were going up in jets. Right. At no point. Right, right, right. Um, and you know, with this movie, I totally believe, like, because of the way they shot it, right? Uh, like you said, this fisheye, uh, the, this light streaming into the cockpit, changing directions in a way that feels very naturalistic. Um, the way the cameras are feel, like, mounted on the side of the... the the jets, it just feels very authentic. The the second time um, I the first time I saw it was it was on a good screen, but it wasn't like it wasn't IMAX. When I saw it the second time in IMAX, yeah, you can literally see their the skin on their faces being pulled back. <laughs> and like you could probably do mm. that in a studio with a you know an with you know a fan or something. Yeah. But it is it is exquisite to watch. I think Jeff used that word and I'm like, oh man, I've used the same dumb adjective. But like it's a it, it is incredible to watch that that uh the actors really get like, looks like they're getting sick a lot of times. Like you have to be a really good actor to like make like you're looking, I don't think they actually pass out and stuff, but it really, really looks real. And because it is most of the time and yeah, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. It, it adds a whole new level to it. The thing I want to mention before we get to spoilers is that there is a scene early on in the film where Ed Harris, who plays a character in this movie is talking about how Maverick represents the old way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be, you know, the future will be machines and drones, and it will yeah. be your job to maintain those machines. Um, <laughs> but he says, quote, the end is inevitable. Your kind is headed to extinction. And then Tom Cruise looks back and he says, maybe so, sir, but not today. And mm-hmm. obviously he's talking about Pete Mitchell. He's Pete Mitchell in that scene, but he's also playing Tom Cruise in that scene. He's also yeah. saying like, mm-hmm. this style of filmmaking, Right, this style of filmmaking that is not based off of comic book films, not based off superheroes, where it's people jeopardizing their lives for our entertainment. They are the superheroes. Right, it is going out of style. uh, Which is funny because the first movie isn't that. Uh huh. You know, it's just what what Tom Cruise's career has become. (laughs) It's what it's what he's become. I mean, uh, I think uh, Bilga Ibiri wrote an amazing piece at Vulture about how, uh, like Tom Cruise basically decided like he had to bleed for our approval. You know, Mm -hmm. he 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 really wants to entertain us, and he had to risk his life (laughs) to do so, and he continues to do this with every single film that he does in a way that he didn't. You you guys have not seen the Mission Impossible trailer, but uh, holy shit! Like there are just things going on. Um, Yeah, but yeah, it's about uh, to me this movie. uh, Besides being a wildly entertaining piece of action, you know, military action filmmaking is. Uh, about this this almost kind of like a swan song. I know he's going to make the Mission Impossible films. Mm-hmm. I know like 7 and 8 are going to come out soon. I'm really excited about those. But like this movie is almost like this swan song of like this this was what the old way was. And I'm going to show you an exemplar of the form before they decide to stop making them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to rage against the dying of these kinds of movies. And this is Tom Cruise raging against the dying yeah. of, you know, uh <laughs> jingoistic uh, real, you know, fairly <laughs> grounded movies in, th- in which people go up on jets, and it looks actually very realistic. Uh, well, his body can take it, at least. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that that's kind of that part was very meaningful to me. This idea of like th- this is kind of the end of an era 
mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm. style of filmmaking. And Val Kilmer's in the movie, and uh, he does interact with Tom Cruise in this movie. And um, it's that moving. to me was also very meaningful. Yeah, because it's like oh, it's it, so powerful. It's mm-hmm. it, especially if you've seen the documentary Val on Prime Video. It's like it's extremely powerful to kind of see them because these are both people who have had massive careers, you know, mm-hmm. internationally known stars and to contemplate like how different their, li- their sort of lives and trajectories were. And then for them to be reunited in this film, uh, the sequel to a film that made them both uh, stars and, you know, catapulted them both to fame. It's uh, it's, it's a very powerful moment. And, and so there's a lot of feels watching this movie yeah. because less oh, about yeah. just the plot of the movie and more about what the movie represents mm-hmm. in many yeah. ways for me. Yeah, and, so. and, and when we get into spoilers, I really want to talk about it. I, I think it does an incredible job uh, of uh, of of hitting the nostalgic beats for people, uh, for fans, um, but also weaving it in in ways that I, I didn't. I had to pick up on a second time, and I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't even notice they were doing that." It it really is like we love this first movie, but we know we can make it better, and. And we're going to go all out with it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let, let, let's get into spoilers. Well, then. One more yeah, thing oh, before we go is yeah. I, I just want to uh, highlight Miles Teller one more time in the sense that I don't know of another movie like this where I saw an actor walk on screen and I went, oh, my God, he he yep. looks like Anthony yep. Edwards and Meg Ryan had a child. Like that's <laughs> the spawn of <laughs> Anthony Mainly because Ed- of that damn, that damn like mustache. mustache. But, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Mustache. It's extraordinary. The casting, you go, oh, yeah, Miles Teller, that's a, that's a cool person to be in the Top Gun Maverick. And then he walks on screen with that mustache and that Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. And you're like, he is Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan's son. It has to be the truth. There's no other actor that could be that. Glenn I'm Powell, who played of... Hangman, was up for that role as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that, like, they, it's incredible to think like yeah. how they got the casting right. Yeah, Glenn Powell too pretty. I love Glenn Powell, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I, I think the Glenn Powell casting is actually incredible. Mm-hmm. Like he is kind of the villain of this movie. He's a punchable face. Extremely punchable face. That's exactly yeah. right. And it's like he plays that part so well. Uh, and we were talking on our After Dark about Top Gun original and. You know, Ice was almost the antagonist of this movie. He, Glenn Powell in this movie as Hangman is a much better antagonist, mm-hmm, in for my sure. Opinion, because yeah. you hate that guy. Like, yeah, I, I did not hate Iceman in Top Gun, but I freaking hate this guy. Well, he's actually a dick. Like, Iceman's yeah. never mm-hmm. really a dick. Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The name yeah. Iceman means the, what I won't spoil it, but Hangman means one thing, and Iceman means something else, and they both are very indicative of the character. Right. Yeah. 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 So the coolest helmet, by the way, the hangman helmet oh, with the, the letters best. missing. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, so, come on, Bob. Bob. I mean, Bob's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, one other thing before spoilers, and too, I'll just mention um, love the music. I love yeah. the Hans Zimmer reinvention of the Top Gun score. It's, it's like <laughs> this is Top Gun in orchestral format. And uh, it's awesome. It What's well, Top really Gun with like a layer of reverence? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and that, that's one, that's one of the things. There's something very specific I noticed about that that I want to mention, but I don't want to spoil it. But okay, um, you're absolutely the, right, though. I, I will say, uh, kind of weird that Lady Gaga did a song for this movie. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> and, and if you, I don't know if you guys have seen the music video. It's incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's kind of weird. Man. It's kind of weird that she did it because just because you know Lady Gaga like. Is, uh, you know, is all about like acceptance and born this way. And she's an amazing uh, sort of voice for uh, the voiceless. And I'm a huge fan of her. Uh, generally, not a voice that I would associate with a raw, raw, you know, USA, mm-hmm. USA movie. 
Um, but I, I think it's basically everything about this movie is extremely earnest. It's yeah, a throwback yeah. to a time when it felt like, hey, we can root for the U.S. Yeah. completely unironically, completely <laughs> earnestly. Uh, and the, the enemy yeah. country doesn't even have a name. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, it's just e- enemies. Well, that we, was we the thing I was so curious base. about. I was so yeah. curious about. I think about. they changed that in post from what I've mm. heard. Mm. I don't know for sure. Yeah. I was so curious, like, how are they going to make a Top Gun movie yeah. in which, like, the, the most exciting thing about watching Top Gun, theoretically, I would assume, is dogfighting, which basically doesn't happen anymore in modern mm-hmm. times, right? There's no, there's right. very little dogfighting because the U.S. doesn't generally go to war with countries that have jets. And the way they solve that problem is they don't name what the country is. It's right? fascinating how uh-huh. the lengths to which they go to remain completely anonymous yes. with the with the enemy. It's yeah. just like they they have black helmets. They have these these fictional versions of MIGs that have never existed before. Well, in the original, it's MIGs, right? So you can be like, oh, right. well, that's cl- MIGs are clearly like a so- Soviet. Yeah, uh, air fighter. But in this movie, it's the fifth generation, whatever, and it's so it's like it can be any country. It can be any yeah. country. Very, uh, a very you know, snowy country, by the way. <laughs> very snowy. It's goofy, but also like kind of dystopian, kind of like George Orwell, nineteen eighty four. We've always been at war with East Asia, kind of deal. Yeah, uh, that you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's uh, it's goofy. It's goofy. It's very video gamey. Uh, it's like, very video. They would just make it's up go- a country too. Yeah. yeah, it's goofy, but it doesn't like pull you out into the mm-hmm. politics of it at any point, which I think yeah. is the, well, it's, exactly it's the goal. It's designed to not pull you out. It, yeah, that's what just right, saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. the goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah which exactly. I think, you know, ultimately is, I think, a smart move on their part because you don't want to get sidelined with that because we're in a Mission Impossible movie right now, right? It's, you know, it basically <laughs> oh, I heard up, you make that point. Can you, can you explain it? Well, they're up against, I mean, they're, what, what's the enemy in, in Mission Impossible, right? It's It's the... It's Spectre or whatever the fuck, you know, it's like, it, that's the, that's what <laughs> they're it's up against. It's a rogue nation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's yes. the nonsense fictional spy enemy. And that's what they're up against in this movie too. I will say in 90 to a hundred percent of the time in Mission Impossible movies, the enemy is actually the IMF itself. Like it's somebody, yeah, it's, so yeah. true. it's somebody who's actually in the IMF who's like, it's so true. Um, and but, there's usually like 17 impossible missions in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, this is just true. one. Yeah, well, true. and it's also, uh, you know, Dave, you made the point that it's jingoistic, and 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 I'm not denying that, mm-hmm. but but also, I, it, there is an element in this one that is not present in the first one, which is um, the the um, John Hamm character, which is sort of, you know, the the antagonist that is the government itself, mm-hmm, you know, the mm-hmm. like the man standing in the way of 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 our cool guys. Yeah, and the first movie doesn't have that in any real sense. Even even the people that doubt Maverick or he goes against, they're all they're still cool American heroes. Yeah, because you know? th- he adds the stakes to it because this is an actual mission where Top Gun is about it's about a sporting event ostensibly. Well, you know? I I don't know if I completely. I would say like Michael Ironside to some degree occupied that role that you're describing, mm, Jeff. No, well, um, Tom, well, Tom Scarrett is the actual. Yeah, yeah Tom Scarrett. Yeah, Tom yeah, Scarrett yeah, loves him. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, goes yeah. to his house and puts on the Top Gun hat where the bombs yeah. too close. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but 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 Michael Ironside is like, hey, you're you're a brilliant fighter pilot, but you're too unpredictable. But you know, he's kind of like acknowledging. But I I agree with you, and and I think the. That role, the idea of this John Hamm role, it, it makes this movie a throwback in virtually every way, right? Like, it, it's a throwback in terms of the politics, it's a throwback in terms of like the style mm-hmm. of filmmaking, not to the original Top Gun, but just the style where, you know, we yeah. actually went up and we actually did the things. The, the man um, is the villain, uh, the, the principal 
or whatever yeah. in some of the yeah. 80s movies. Like exactly. he's cool as the villain. Yeah, exactly. the prin- yeah. he is the John Hamm is the the disgruntled principal. Exactly. Who doesn't see how exactly. cool you know Michael J. Fox is. You know, and, and that's the thing. You know, Jeff, you've often said like, man, I wish I could go back to the 90s, right? And I know Top Gun One was like 1986, but this movie does feel like. It's it's a throwback to '90s action films mm-hmm. in many ways, you know. In, in many ways, but it, it it feels very modern. I mean, the, all the filmmaking techniques are yes. very modern, and yes. I I know this movie doesn't feel like a, a a movie that you could have seen in the '90s at all. Yeah, uh, it, it is just it is, just in terms of like the pure visual spectacle, like yeah, which I think that, is a yeah. huge part of the experience of this. Fair movie, enough. Fair you enough. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I less in terms of like how polished the the visuals are, and more right like around the politics and the interpersonal dynamics and, yeah. and the kind of plot mechanics, I would right, say. Right, right. Now. So anyway, uh, let's get into spoilers for Top Gun Maverick starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret. Can I see this coming? No. But you won't find it because, of course... You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be... All right, so let's talk about spoilers for Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I right. want to say, rewatching the original Top Gun, I was struck by how many references this one made to the. Like, I watched Top Gun Maverick, then I went and rewatched the original Top Gun, and I was like, oh, wow, there's a bunch of re- like, references every, to the original every, Top Gun. Almost every, every scene much. has something. Well, that, yeah, that's, the job, that's the job of the legacy sequel, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah I was, yeah, was going to say, like, the movie, it, it obviously is, is filled with references, but I think what I love about it is that some are incredibly obvious and some are, like, insanely subtle. Like, obviously having the exact same opening credit sequence with the mm-hmm. music yeah. and Pretty then cool. the exact same end credit sequence. Yeah. Like, as a fan, I, I, when I first saw I saw it at CinemaCon, like, two years ago, they showed us just the first sequence uh, the opening credits and the first sequence with the spy plane or whatever it is, the the super, super speed plane. And I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie of all time. And that was probably why I put it so high in the summer movie wagers that that first 15 <laughs> minutes like sold me like I was and I think it lives up to it. Um, but then watching it and then, of course, there's dialogue here and there, you know, do some of that pilot shit, Mav. And, you know, Penny Benjamin uh, is a character reference. The uh, Jennifer Connelly character is the character. That the admiral's daughter that they mentioned in the first movie. Yeah, he he is he is an admiral's daughter that Maverick had a fling with in the yeah, original. Yeah, Ryan right. is constantly making fun of him about. Right. It. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, there's a there's a flyby that happens much subtly here than it does in the first one. But the thing that I wanted to get to, we talked about the music in the last thing. Also, is that, also the the like uh, the deck. You know that that was a hard deck. point in both yeah, yeah. the hard deck, right? A yeah. a uh, height under or an altitude under which you are not supposed to go. Right, um, is right. A, a prominent plot point in both the original Top Gun uh, and this. Yeah, one. I mean, so, yeah. and Great Balls of Fire and and all, yeah. all these kind of mm-hmm. things. But mm-hmm. the thing yeah. is, it's like so you, you mentioned the Lady Gaga song, and yeah, it feels really weird the first time because it's just there at the end. But the second time, I noticed in the score. Because the, the movie gives Lady Gaga music credit at the beginning, and I was like, that's yes. kind of weird. Yes, but. It is played in the exact same uh, manner as "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin in the first movie, where mm. the theme, the theme of the song, plays in all the romantic scenes throughout the movie. So, mm. so you listen to this music; it's the exact same "Hold My Hand" or whatever kind of musical riff, and it comes in like four or five times. So that by the time you hit that <laughs> song at the end, it's like, oh my god! And it's the same exact thing that they do with "Take My Breath Away." Um, except, the except they don't have like a full on vocal performance of "Hold My Hand" right, during right. the sex scene in this movie. No, they don't. No, they don't. But, but yeah. we all agree it was a huge loss. Um, <laughs> well, they, they it really wasn't bear- a sex scene. They kind of really yeah. wasn't a sex scene. Weirdest 
sex scene of, <laughs> yeah. of all time. Do they they like snuggle and then cut to the morning? <laughs> yeah. it's, an, like, it's an Eternals style sex scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very very silent Scientology sex scene. There was Tom's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's like almost like Tom Cruise isn't a sex symbol. Anymore. Yeah, you know it's almost I mean? like we can't like imagine this... him like that anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I was about to make a point, and then it kind of undermines my my theory of that. So I'm not going to make that point anymore. But yeah, I think that's a great uh, great point, Jermaine. That like they they tried to imitate even kind of the style of which the song is brought up. Yeah. Uh, in this one, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, and and, and I, but I I think this is this is what a good like a sequel does is you don't need to have seen the original to enjoy this one. Um, you know, and, and by the way, something I really enjoyed about this film is th- I feel like Tom Cruise, Chris McQuarrie, Joseph Kaczynski, they know how to grab your attention right from the jump. Mm-hmm. And, and McQuarrie did some uh, like script work on this, right? Right. Or, and like, this help, movie, yeah. I bet there was some like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I bet there was like a lot of talk about like how do we make this opening sequence mm-hmm. so spectacular that it grabs your attention right away? And yeah. I gotta say, like Mission Impossible movie, and it's guys. perfect in character with him because you know that he's gonna do, he's gonna go after that ten, that Mach ten. Yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. it really tells you like why he still is where he is. Like you know, yeah. they obviously yeah. they obviously tell you that later, but they show it first. And I love mm-hmm. a show don't uh, tell us. It's it's for his team too, which is also very Mission Impossible because he's not doing it for himself. Right? He's doing yeah, it to keep the program yeah. alive. And you meet the whole team, yeah. you know, at the beginning and they're going to lose their jobs and whatever. It's and very yes. much a, we got we to keep the community center going, guys. Another like throwback, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. It is but, a funny splicing of hairs though when they're like, oh, he's going to be here early <laughs> and yet there's still time to launch the jets, you know? I mean, that's, that's what, this is one thing I've learned watching Top Gun Maverick is apparently it is really easy to take, like, launch a jet you are in without, you know, <laughs> yeah, without the upper... A, a yeah. giant number of people assisting you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but but without, like, the higher-ups knowing about it, apparently. Right. Because on yeah. multiple yeah. occasions... You know, like John Hamm is like, "Hey, wait a second, why is he already out there?" You know, like he. he I got to oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That 100%. sequence is one of my favorite parts of this entire movie. No, when, yeah. the, that, yeah. that, that is so a, badass. It's to, so good to, when, yeah. when they're all sitting there and they're like, "Oh, is he gonna fucking do this? Is he gonna fucking do this?" <laughs> and I, you, of course, he's gonna do it. But I, I was like on the edge of my seat about him doing it by himself to show them it was possible. I was like. This is great filmmaking. It this is. is like mm-hmm. some popcorn fun. Ugh. The supporting characters sell that because you get their yeah. reaction shots and they're on the edge of their seat and that puts you on the edge of their seat. And it's yeah, really well edited and directed that scene. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah, and, and I think that the movie works so well because you believe not necessarily Tom Cruise, but probably, but somebody went out and actually did the thing. You know, like you see that because the visuals look so good, and apparently like uh it's very difficult and dangerous for a jet to fly that low as yes, you see, I think, in that so. sequence, right? Well, that, and so, yeah. that part, the cockpit shots of that sequence uh, are of him like making these incredibly tight turns and you yes. just see the cockpit and Tom Cruise is slamming against either <laughs> yeah, side of the yeah. wall back and forth. And yeah. I'm like, there's not a fucking gyro, you know, stationary <laughs> special effect gyro rig in the existence that would do that to a human body. You know, like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that is because Tom Cruise is in a jet going yeah. back and forth like an insane person. Oh, I, I, I saw after I, uh, I saw this, uh, uh, one of the screenings I had, uh, their Q and a Glenn Powell was there, not Tom Cruise. And he said, you wouldn't believe how many times, you're watching scenes in this movie and I'm holding a bag of vomit under the frame because they were shooting it and he would vomit and they'd be like, all right, action. And you have to do the next scene. And wow. you know, the thing about Hangman Crazy. isn't even in as much as, 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 you know, uh, as Phoenix mm-hmm. or Bob or, yeah, or, or 
obviously mm-hmm. Maverick. Sp- speaking of people who aren't in enough, uh, Manny Jacinto's in this movie. Yeah, I, I remember. Ja- Devendra was like, Devendra's yeah. like, I'm so looking forward to Manny Jacinto. I don't he, think he has. He's a in single like the line background, no in lines the in the background of like two scenes. I think. Oh, is he yeah. one of the other? Is he one of the other? Uh... One of the other cadets in the group. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's like. Uh, there's like a group of like four cadets who comes in at the end of the first bar yeah. scene, and I'm like, wait, wait, who are those people? Because they do not have any role in that movie. Look, guys, I am just, I am just glad the Asian people got invited to the yeah. party this time. You know, they well, don't need to have any speak speaking more. roles. You know, uh, but like at least we're in the movie this time, unlike with Top Gun One. You know, uh-huh. at least, at least there's a couple of us you can see yeah. in the background. But yeah, a bunch, this whole like crew of Asian people show up for sure in for the sure. opening scene. Yes. Never hear from them again. Never hear from them again. This, this movie so. is per, is more progress in other ways to the the one black character in. Top Gun One, his call sign was Sundown, which mm-hmm. guys, not great. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty great. bad. I, not great. Not great. I gotta wonder not what great. that whole experience is like when you you show up on day one and like, okay, what do you want your call sign to be? And you're like, um, Viper. No, man, sorry. Twenty years ago, there's a guy named Viper. Ah, shit. Um, Cobra. Nope, nope. Sorry. Ah, uh, geez, Maverick. You know, like all the cool <laughs> names gotta be taken already. That's why you're down to like Hangman, I guess. Hangman. Warlock is a good one. He's that's one of the Warlock's uh, a good one. He's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I like the simplicity of Bob. You Bob, know? Bob, Bob is my Bob favorite. Is good. He is so good in it. Yeah. I like Rooster. Rooster. And fanboy. Come on, fanboy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's no, Rooster is so, a great son of goose. Because, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the Val Kilmer scene, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the whole time I'm wondering how are they going to do this scene? Yeah. Well, I, I, the actually, lead up to that is also really weird, too, because it's like extended texting. Which right. yes, I, I yeah. they must have some agree. yeah they must yeah. have some kind of weird thing where they delete the text or something because it's always the first text they ever send, <laughs> which is always a pet peeve of mine. But you it makes sense in the military. Th- you you gotta start a new thread every single time. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what? You know what, Devendra? Uh-huh. This message will self destruct. Is what oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I said but, Devendra. I meant uh, Jermaine. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, the the um, the uh, the thing that I'm really upset about with all this Val Kilmer thing is. I, I genuinely wish he hadn't been in the opening credits because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's so many sequences of just texting him that I, I would have thought had his name not been there, wow, this is how they're going to get around the Iceman thing. And then right. him showing up would have been a massive But moment. I think this goes to what you guys are saying. It's a throwback. It, it, mm-hmm. The spoiler doesn't matter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It like He's in me. this movie, man. Like It's not like saying like... <laughs> in Doctor Strange like you right, know right, like right. Ooh, you is... can't do that you got to uh... edit that out Dave you got to edit that out <laughs> oh, okay, really serious, you got to edit that out we're, we're in the top that's... gun Yep that's fine that's fine yep. Okay sorry about that guys Yeah no worries no worries Um but yeah, it's not it's not like spoiling uh, somebody in a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie right, right, This right. is like this is like in 1990 you knew that these people were in these movies you know so I think it is a throwback to that it doesn't matter like, you it, you almost well, yeah. anticipate it. You're waiting for it. You're like, oh my God, let, I can't wait to see it. Let me him. describe my experience, which is that I did not see, well, I saw Val Kilmer was in the original, but I'm like, oh, maybe uh, maybe he shows up in photos or in flashback right, right, or something. Right. Like, yeah. Maybe it's not actually him. Um, and so the whole time I'm I'm watching these tech, I had the same feeling as you, Jeff. I'm oh, like, the photo's it- in the trailer too, by the way, guys. I know you guys right, know right, right, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, is it going to be text the whole time? Is that what it's going to yeah, be? Yeah, right. Then he shows up, and still, when he shows up at the house, I'm still wondering, yeah. how text. are they going to do this? Because, yeah. again, Val Kilmer can't really speak um, in his original voice. And so they actually, I thought they did a really beautiful, elegant mm-hmm. job. Incredible. Yeah. Explaining it. Because, you know, in, in the movie, he's clearly suffering from cancer. And uh, they're like, it, it hurts for him to even speak. And so, so then he has a conversation with Tom Cruise on a computer. And... It's just so powerful, and then when you when he hugs him at the end, I I just felt the weight of mm-hmm. decades of these two international superstars, like their lives intersecting for one last time. 
Um, it, it was just, it was really powerful. It, it felt like it did honor to not only that character, but also to Val Kilmer as an actor, as who he is today. Yeah. And to that relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. the way the scene yeah. ends, the way that scene ends, the whole theater, my theater lost it. It was perfect. Yeah. It looked so great. It's yeah. um, you yeah. could Beautiful. feel you could feel the arc of their relationship yes. too, yes. Like from the end of the first movie to now. Like they were genuine friends, like helping yeah. each other out in ways like that. That kind of got to me too. It's like, oh yeah, of course, of course, because yeah, because be so you only get buddies. a glimpse yeah. of their friendship at the end of the first movie. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, they've all they've lived a whole life, and you know. Um, and they've become friends and and uh, really re- love and respect. Iceman has basically protected Maverick his entire career, right? Yeah, in many yeah. ways, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's that they Maverick felt is... the need to kill him. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think it was super necessary to kill him. Off. I understand that we had to take away that security blanket and yeah, take away yeah. that safety net. Well, for, for somebody Maverick, had but... to die because nobody in the actual team dies, which yeah. I also <laughs> found kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I it, it I actually thought it was significantly possible that Tom Cruise might die. In this yeah, film, right? oh, you know? I well, thought he they, did they die. They tease you. I mean, you, yeah, you, you think, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. That, I mean, it's, to me, too, it that's works. The, yeah, that's the moment watching it uh, the second time where the movie I think goes from good to great is when Rooster decides I'm going back, and mm-hmm. you get this close up, this extreme close up on his eyes. And then it goes to like black for a second, and then it fades up on Maverick. And I'm like, oh my god! It's when the because the normal Top Gun ends with the mission, but this right. has got that extra mission. I mean, extra in the mission, mission. I, if I if I needed like a word, but that mission's this mission's kind of difficult. At the end, I wonder if there's a word that would, would describe the final <laughs> yeah. part of the extremely mission. extremely hard, improbable, yeah. Yeah. improbable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I gotta say, that's the only thing about this movie that I don't know if it totally worked for me. Oh, right? wow. because I loved it. They, mm-hmm. they go on the mission, right? They go on the mission, and then. Tom Cruise saves uh, Rooster's life, and then he like sacrifices himself for Rooster. And you think like, oh wow, that's the end. Then yeah. Rooster goes back and saves Tom Cruise, and they they, they, kind they, of they like uh, Metal Gear Solid their way through a base. It's just uh, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's hilarious. It is, right. hilarious. and they see yeah. it from the first scene with the F fourteen mention. Uh huh. It's great. It's yeah. great that he's they put like him back in an F fourteen, and he's the only one that knows how to fly an old ass thing like this. <laughs> and then yeah, he's already yeah, know. Dude, we know that the F we know the F eighteens can't beat these fifth generation. So how the heck is he gonna beat it in F fourteen? It's so in in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, odds <laughs> being stacked against him. Like yeah. I, I, any Tom Cruise sequence is the best when he is like, yeah, he has to work against the odds. You know, I, I, I guess when Tom Cruise sacrifices himself for Rooster. Uh, and the movie has done a really good job of building mm-hmm. up the idea that this mission is extremely dangerous and probably not all of them are coming back. Right? Yes. Like at, the, at that point in the movie, you're like, any one of these characters could die. And uh, and when Tom Cruise sacrifices himself for Bruce, I really felt that. I was like, wow, like what a powerful moment. And it's just, you know, the ending is fun. It's fun. It's not bad. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of undercuts the power of that moment of like knowing that. Maverick sacrifices. I'm, try, I'm trying to you know think. I mean? does, does Tom Cruise ever die in movies? Is he or is he like The Rock where he can't be? He, there's one movie where he dies over and over and over again. That's true. Yeah. That is a, that's a good one. And I guess he maybe like does he die in Born on the Fourth of July? But that was before he became, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of Tom Cruise. I feel like he might have that kind of that uh, stipulation almost. But I uh, am curious. Like um, Top uh, Mission Impossible Eight is supposed to be, or, which I guess is Dead Reckoning Part Two. Yes, is supposed to be a send off for Tom Cruise. Has a has yeah. Dead right in the title. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm curious if like he will die in that movie. But yeah, he generally doesn't die. Anyway, if it James, sounds like you guys yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. my issue with it. But. No, I, but I understand. I understand. It does feel, feel like it's, it's a. Yeah, it's like a, maybe it's a beat or two too long. But I think for yeah. me, it's a the, hat on a hat. Yeah, hat it is. No, and I, it's it, so. It's so. But it, I love the excessiveness <laughs> of it. And to finally, yeah. to finally get Rooster and Maverick in the same cockpit where he's saying the same lines as yes. his dad. He doesn't yes. know it. Like to me, that's the ultimate payoff of the movie. 
Like when he does the same kind of movements as like you were joking about the movements earlier, Jeff, but here he does the same movies where he's like, what are we doing math? Cause he's in the F 14 now. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. And that's where he's just like, um, you know, let's do some of that pilot shit. And they really, that's when they really give you so many different things. Those, yeah. Oh my God. The action in that sequence is just incredible. I'm just geeking uh, out Jeff, about your it. Thought, your, your thoughts on that final sequence. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a hat on a hat. I think it's a hat. And then we take off that hat and go, this is not the hat, the correct hat. This is you, you go, Oh, what movie are we watching? Oh wait, no, we're not watching that movie. We're watching no. this movie. Fun. This is a cartoon. Yeah. 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 Movie. yeah. 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 So I, I totally understand being disappointed that we're not in that, like, you know, realist, more realistic sort of heartfelt movie, but it, it, mm-hmm. it, it decides what kind of movie it is, you know, yeah, right. it's go, not oh. Armageddon, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's- but it's, I also wanted to point out another, another scene that I thought was funny, which is, uh, I can't remember who it is, but one of the trainees, uh, passes out and Tom Cruise says, I'm going to go get him," And I'm like, how? How, yeah. you, how, how does that how? work or help in any way? <laughs> like you're just going to fly closer and what honk your horn. So he wakes up. What, <laughs> what, what is flying over to him going to do at all? Actually, I think that's, I think it's coyote. I'm looking at the names and I, mm-hmm. whoever it is, or uh, he's the one who he's one of the people who does not get picked. So it actually mm-hmm. traces uh, tracks through a little bit there too. No, I'm just um, saying the yeah. savior no, I, moment. No, I yeah, completely yeah, yeah. agree. You're like, how are you going to save him? He's going to get out on the ed, out in the wing and like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'll go get him. It's like, no, but he, but, but, he, but he, he gets tone on him, so he gets a big buzzing noise in his, in yeah, his ear. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair, Jeff. And it also gives us the opportunity to have the same, the identical ending to the original where they're on the aircraft carrier and kind yes. of celebrating all together. Yeah. And that is a nice moment. You know, I, awesome. I do agree with you. That's nice. Uh, but... But you're right. That is the that is the moment when the film takes a turn from like, wow, this is going to be a beautiful, mournful swan song to yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise to, oh, we're just in a cartoon. We're, yeah, we're yeah, in no, the Metal the, Gear this, Solid. Movie. Yeah, we got to put our headband and take out the guitar. That's not the movie we are. I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, any other thoughts on this movie, guys? Uh, uh, I mean, did, did anything about the Jennifer Connelly relationship work for you guys? Uh, the fact that she's uh, impossible. I mean, the, the, just it's a little forced. It's, it's a little. <laughs> it's, a little for, it's a little forced. Um, just because you're meant to believe they've had all this history, but we don't really mm-hmm. get into the history. Right. But I think. But I think on a second viewing again, I, and that's why I thank you so much for doing the podcast today to give me this little extra help with it because I saw it like a month and a half ago. The the, the daughter knows him. Everybody yeah. knows him. So there are ways that they kind of like see that it wasn't just this one fling. They've mm-hmm. had. They've gone back and forth and. And I think the way she treats him in the bar um, really kind of g- gives it an angle. So I, mm-hmm. I started this point by saying it doesn't quite work, but I think it works better than I was originally thought. I yeah. convinced myself. It's messed it, it, up it, it, that that if Kelly McGillis today looked like Jennifer Connelly, she would 100% have been in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, a bummer. You know, it, that's it's a bummer. Sad. Like, I would have loved to see her in it somehow. Like, yeah, she she has aged like a normal person. At Iceman's you, funeral, you they could have brought back that. some. They could have brought some more yeah. people back at Iceman's funeral. We were talking about yeah. that. You could have brought Tim Robbins back. You could have brought Slider back. You could have brought all these people back at the funeral. But I think mm-hmm. the movie again, it, it wasn't didn't want to didn't want to take away from that moment. I would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, except I mean, I think the Kelly McGillis thing is it's a different, different one. Yes, yeah, totally, yes. totally. And yeah. she was older than him. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but if he's if he's this guy, he he's he was a very she was a very career driven woman who was you know, and he was this kind of young asshole who obviously didn't go anywhere in his life. 
So maybe she probably dumped him would be my thing. You know what I mean? I, I, sure, think that, I, I do not know who wrote, you know, wh- which part of this movie. So I can't, I do not, I cannot claim to know. But to me, that moment with the daughter feels like a very Chris McQuarrie-esque moment. Right? Yeah. It yeah. feels like Chris McQuarrie is like, hey, we don't, we don't know what the stakes of him coming back or not are yet. Or, or it's not strong enough yet. Got to have this scene with the daughter saying, hey, don't break her heart again. And, it, and yes, it is kind of cliche, but it works for me. No, it's it works. Like, well, it works. Yeah. I, I feel like there are stakes here. It's a small and thing that says a lot, you know. It's exactly, and I think that's what Chris McQuarrie is great at. Yeah, is uh, we just need a, we just need a little bit. You you, you give a little bit to the yeah. audience. The audience is going to fill in the rest. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree, Jeff, that it mostly works for me because Jennifer Connelly looks radiant unreal. in this movie. Unreal, yeah, like, unreal. You know, I mean, she's fifty years old in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she looks so good, and I think they actually have good chemistry in this film. So, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it worked on that level, but yeah, beyond that, not really. And and I would agree with Jermaine. It's you know we don't really know that much of the history between the two of them. Um, and there is a, an extremely weird sex scene in the movie. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not a sex scene. It's a it's it's a before uh, and after. You know, it's yeah. a before and after. There's it like definitely we're not gonna, a sex oh, scene. We're gonna yeah. do it, and then afterwards, like they did it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm left with question marks, honestly. Like, there's no tongue. Does he know what to do? Yeah, there, I don't think we see any pumping, you no. know, at all. So no, I, no, I think you're tongues. right. Yeah, I think you're right. There is not technically any. We honestly might not even see like a kiss. I'm trying to think. That's what I'm saying. There's not no. Really. Yeah. The first not even like, do they peck? Do they peck? The biggest thing is obviously she leaves that door open, and guys, if, <laughs> yeah, you know, we know what that is. That door open. We know what that means. There's gonna be a cut you, right you between the close sexy. it. Yeah, you yeah. gotta close the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But in the yeah. Fir- the first movie, we see a, a tongue inserted into the lungs of another human. You know. We also we also see we also see him uh, awkwardly, very uncomfortably stalk her into the woman's room in a very rapey manner, which is very mm-hmm, 1986. Mm-hmm. So I think I like the fact that the relationship is a lot more respectful this time around. Yes. No. For sure. Um, Anything else in this movie? I think we've talked about virtually everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do want to just kind of finish my point about the opening scene as like five minutes into this film, I'm like, this is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yep. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. watching this. I'm like, wow, what an opener. You know, just yeah. the idea of like, my breath has already, speaking of take my take breath away, my breath, my breath has already been taken away in the first 10 minutes of this movie. We haven't even gotten to the main plot of the movie yet. You know, oh, the, oh, the, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the reveal where he says like, where am I? The kid says earth. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that, that was great. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I think, I think, yeah, the scene with the jet is great, but like starting at the exact same way with the text and with, mm-hmm. with the score. And then you yeah. go into danger zone and you're just like, even if you haven't seen the original Top Gun, you feel 80s right away. And that really mm-hmm. sucks you in. And I think, uh, oh my God, like, I, I just kind of want to watch, maybe I'm throwing the first 20 minutes of Top Gun after he finishes the podcast. Mo- motorcycle so, chasing the, or racing yes. the jet is also yes. another oh, yeah. parallel. And those shots hey. look way better this time too. Yeah. He's on the, he's on that motorcycle. They yeah. look at, one of my favorite Twitter feeds is, uh, Tom Cruise, please wear a helmet. Because know, right? <laughs> very dangerous. Motorcycles are so dangerous. Yes, and yes. So many shots with no He doesn't dude. wear a helmet oh, in this movie. He doesn't wear a helmet in the original Top Gun. But yeah, I agree the shots look a lot better because mm-hmm. it really feels like, again, they mounted a camera. You know, GoPro-esque technology did not exist in 1986. <laughs> and, and he looks like he's going way faster yes, in this movie yes. than he did in the original. Like, like he's, he's, probably on some on rig, he's probably on some motorcycle rig in the mm-hmm. 80s. And now it's like he's actually doing it for real in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know I, yeah. I, 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 I forgot about this too. Is that at, at the end, uh, after they, they crash and they're going to find Rooster, he, we get a Tom Cruise run in this too. In a movie about planes, yeah. uh, you get Tom Cruise 
sprinting as fast in a as big ass outfit too yeah right big ass outfit and he does Goofy wear he does wear uh, helmets in the planes thankfully because you got to see his name on it but uh, <laughs> you, you yeah. kind of have to i do, I do want to quickly say uh joseph kaczynski i feel like i've been rooting for this guy since uh we were like going to comic-con you know all those years ago <laughs> oh, yeah. waiting for tron legacy to appear and th- that movie's fine I, the soundtrack is better than the movie and oblivion perfectly pretty science fiction movie but i feel like this is like i'm i'm very glad for him to get a complete win because I, I actually have heard only the brave is really good. I haven't I've seen. Heard, it I've heard good things, but it's not like big uh, blockbuster. Jermaine, have you seen only the brave? Movie. I haven't seen only the brave, but I have seen. Uh, ooh, can I say what I've seen? Spiderhead. Spider. Yeah. The only other movie he's made, apparently. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. If, if Kaczynski had another movie coming out this if, year, if he maybe, had another movie, you yeah. might have seen it. I and might would, have it seen be, it. would it have been good? Um. Man, Top Gun Maverick's awesome, right? Oh, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I love Top Gun Maverick. All right, fair fair enough. But I would agree with you that the, you know, I I actually really like Oblivion. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing um, in many ways. It's cliche, uh, but I like it too. It, it, it looks it. good. It's a good looking movie. Amazing yeah. score in that movie as well. You know, like there's just a lot of great things about it's it. It's an awesome movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe we should bookend this conversation, you know, ending the way we started flipping the, the tables a bit on you, Dave. And the question you asked Jermaine, which is, do you now having seen the movie, mm-hmm. do you think that it's going to make more or less money or about the same as you anticipated when we did the wager? I think the non germane people on the wager ranked it approximately correct. I, I think this <laughs> well, will we, do we very were all well. over the place. I, I think this will do very well because like, the reviews are like white hot for yeah. this thing, and mm-hmm. uh, the word of mouth is going to be really good. The legs are going to um, be really good on it. It's yeah, not. It's yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, it's not coming to streaming anytime soon. Exactly or like because that. Yeah. Tom Cruise, you know, like Tom Cruise, yeah. And so I, I think it's going to do well, but I just don't think it's going to beat. Uh, yeah, Thor: Love and Thor, Thunder. Right? I just yeah. don't. No, I don't think only it's gonna a, only a crazy person would think that. I, I, I will just, say, <laughs> one of the movies above it would have to be like really, really bad and like drop down for it to happen. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I will say that I have what is what is sad to me though is I have basically already lost the summer movie wager <laughs> this uh-huh. year. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I, by putting Downton Abbey: A New Era as my number ten, uh, that is a that is a fatal mistake. Uh, <laughs> that I will basically. <laughs> Not be like the only way the I will be able to come tough, back yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. The, the only way I'll be able to come back from that is like if everyone else fails horribly somehow. Um, so that Which, is a huge hey, bummer that's... that already the the suspense of the summer movie wager is already gone. But who knows? You know, no, um, dude, we we are more likely to fail than anything else. It is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, my summer movie wager surviving is about the same odds as Pete Mitchell surviving this movie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who knows? Maybe who knows? Uh, maybe yeah. someone's gonna come out it of nowhere and shoot down a helicopter. It That's right. Um, it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I I I think we put it in a good place, but we'll see. We we don't know. Who knows, Jeff? Uh, maybe after we release this episode, or before we release the episode, we're gonna find out the receipts. And Top Gun Maverick made two hundred million dollars. It could be kind of crazy because it's like it's the only real new Memorial Day movie. Yeah. You know, and Memorial, you know, and it has this crazy good word of mouth and. You know, maybe people are in the mood to. Maybe they have the need for speed. Maybe they want to go. They want to take a highway to the danger zone. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Danger zone. Is that the that the note that then ends on danger zone? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the thing I've actually put a lot of thought into. Is 
is do you know how Archer says danger zone in the in the show Archer? He always yeah. goes like, you know, be careful, you're entering the danger zone. And it's like, that's not how that is not at <laughs> all how Kenny Loggins sings it. But danger that is zone. not how I think of it's, it. You go down, it's a danger zone. It's not danger zone. I know, but I, I'm basically I'm just imitating the way Archer says it. Yeah. Oh, I okay. see. Oh, you're yeah. doing Archer saying. I'm doing yeah. Archer. I'm doing Archer doing Kenny Loggins. All right. Well, you got layers. I wasn't catching all the layers. I contain multitudes, Jeffrey. Yeah. Clearly. I contain multitudes. So. Madness. No. Uh, okay. Well, uh, hope I hope this movie does well. I mean, this is a movie that I feel like could encourage repeat viewings. This is, you know. It's got scenes the, in it, yeah, that you want to watch yeah, again. And, exactly. And that's, and that's a big, important thing in summer movies. I'm planning to go back with my wife to, to the theater to see it, you know. So um, I, I hope it does well because I think. I, I, despite Tom Cruise's weirdness and lack of sex symbol status, I do feel like he is a force for good in theatrical film. Going. I, I know I you would like this movie, Dave, because it's a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I think like you like you guys had said on the summer movie wager, and, and maybe people hadn't heard that or, or wondering why uh, I, I got such crap for it. Is that our kids going to show up for this movie? Like right, we're obviously right. all going to see it. Like, and it could be it could be ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody could be talking about it at the office. But are they talking about it uh, on TikTok? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. my not, mom really wants gonna... to see this. Right, my exactly. Mom is, yeah. is, is Gen Z going to see it? And I, I honestly think maybe. I don't but know. I don't know. The, uh, exactly. I don't. I don't really feel that strongly that yeah. that's going to happen. And also, I I feel like I don't know. I, I guess I just feel like the. This is weird to say. I, I don't actually think this is going to be a big factor. But for me, what sticks in my mind is the politics of this film, which is just mm-hmm. this idea of like, you know, rah, rah, the U.S. military is great. Um, meanwhile, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like the the unabashed rooting for the U.S. military that many of us experienced throughout many of our lifetimes, especially through the 9-11, t- like many of us forget how weird it was to be in America mm-hmm. during 9-11 mm-hmm. and, and all the like, you cannot, you, you dare not say anything against the troops or any, or any wars that they wage, you know, yeah. um, during yeah. that time period, like Don't say this movie about is Iraq a throwback as we're beginning. Yeah. 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 This movie is a throwback to those times. It's like, you know, remember when it was fun to just root for America, like nonstop and feel good about it. Uh, I don't know. It just, it's, it feels like a throwback and I mm-hmm. don't know that it like, the next generation is really going to buy into it, you know. We shall um, see. But I think you can we'll also see. watch it, and and, and it's just like uh, heroes versus villains. Like, I feel like I know we know I know they're in the U.S. Navy. It's very there's it's very military. There's a lot of flags, but I don't know. I feel I, like who who is the, I think it's like you know the I think they refer to them as the enemy in this film, and I think it's like right like William Miller. It, yeah, it's we don't want them to stop like our like we don't want them to endanger our NATO allies. That is about as political as this movie gets. Um, but right, yeah. and the, that's what I'm saying. The lack of that, I think, yeah. is better for younger audiences. But I don't know. Who we'll, knows? I guess we'll what, see. What do we know? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, at least you didn't choose Downton Abbey as your number ten, Jermaine. So great movie, though. I loved it. All right. Well, now the you question can, is, who's going to have more final points at the end of the season, Jermaine or, or Dave? Because then the, the the real crowing will begin. I, I just think this Downton Abbey th- pick was so bad, guys. Like I, I feel a lot of shame. A lot of shame. I've brought great shame to my my record. To your Abbey, Abbey pick. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, at the end of the day, it's extremely impressive that Joseph Kaczynski made a film. So yes, uh, 
I uh, feel really good about it, and I'm, I can't wait to see it again. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes courtesy of Tim McEwen over at The Midnight. Check out his new project, Varsity Blue. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. This episode was edited by me, David Chen. Stay tuned to your we'll be discussing next week. In the meantime, Jermaine Lucier, what can pe- where can people find more of your work on the internet this week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Jermaine Lucier, and you can find my writing over uh, at io9.com. Really appreciate you joining us, Jermaine, uh, for Thank this conversation. You. Thank and, you. Uh, and can't wait to see you eat crow with how, uh, how well this movie does. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, hey, that you guys like it and that you guys will have to deal with the uh, internal turmoil of it. Maybe not doing as well, but it's actually really good versus movies that might be not good doing better. It's <laughs> mm. that, that might be my, uh, my happy place. All that turmoil. All that turmoil. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a raging sea inside me about that. <laughs> um, it's an impossible <laughs> mission. Yes. Uh, okay. Next week, bit of a complicated situation, but... Uh, our original plan was to review Crimes of the Future, the new David Cronenberg film. I'm really excited about it. And we may the still. Problem, the pro- yeah, we may still do it. The problem is it's unclear if we are all going to get screenings in time for next week's episode because it's only in New York and L.A. I have a screening uh, next week, but it's unclear if the other guys will get one. Um, if we all get screenings, we will be reviewing Crimes of the Future. Um, but if not, uh, then it's very likely we're going to be reviewing the Netflix slash international sensation RRR. Uh, and I've heard great things about that movie. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, and so that is the plan for next week. I-, I will try to send out a tweet from the Filmcast podcast Twitter account with more details when we have them. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit unclear what's going on. You know, Blame the, ex- the extremely unpredictable theatrical environment we're living in right now. But yeah, that's the plan. Crimes of the Future slash RRR for next week's episode of the Filmcast. And of course... For the After Darks, we got Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, leading up to our Jurassic World Dominion episode. So stay tuned for all those, especially if you're a patron at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. You're listening to this episode early. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, We will see you later. It, it was recently, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it was recently your birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy and, birthday. Uh, Thank happy you. Happy birthday. Thank, Thank you. you. We couldn't quite get everyone together in time, but hey, better, better late than never, right? Yes, totally. So, uh, it's and, heartwarming to see everyone's face. Yeah. Danish uh, had a, a pretty uh, brilliant idea for a birthday present for you. And uh, he reached out to me, and then we sort of cobbled together. Uh, you know, Davinci got on board. P- uh, Peter Serretta, who could not be here tonight, mm-hmm. uh, is on board, and we cobbled together uh, this motley crew of contributors so that we could get a special raise, guest. Raise the incredible amount of funds it took to get you this gift. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> All right. With 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 no more. Uh, with no further ado, may I present you the gift. The gift. David, this is from your friend.
You are a producer and a film critic, no less. Ooh, wow, that's impressive. You host many high-profile podcasts, including a succession recap show. That would be interesting, Sister. You're a workaholic who can't stop producing music, photography, videos, and interviews. Oh, well, according to your friends, you're a cunt who needs to fuck the fuck off. <laughs> Their words, not mine. Happy birthday, David. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Thank you all Yay! so much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday David. Happy birthday. Thank you all so much. Happy Appreciate birthday. you guys. Oh, hey. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. It's great to see you all. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dave. Thanks, guys. It means a lot. Thanks for thinking of me. David, we uh, we love you. And, uh, you know, rather than all get you something individually, we had to work as a unit because what you witnessed was $700. <laughs> wow. Well, um, worth every single penny, guys. Worth every single penny. As Danish pointed out, as this idea was coming together, we could have gotten you some extravagant piece of electronics for that price. Steam we could have done, done, yeah, a steam. We could no. have done something. <laughs> Forty-five <laughs> seconds of video is what we thought was we the got, best. Way to we got Brian Cox to literally read verbatim what was written mm -hmm. on the screen, mm -hmm. <laughs> rather yes. than contribute any original thought whatsoever to the uh -huh, process. Uh -huh. <laughs> Um, well, it was worth it, guys. It was worth, worth it. it. Awesome. Um, we can put it in I'll the really show. Use it in the show, really right? Yes, we'll put it in the show. We'll, I will put it in the show somehow. You could have gotten me William Hung for $33. We <laughs> were um, thinking Ken Bone for 25 Ken Bone for 25 You know, there's so much out there. Jeff but Kanata. you guys went with the- Jeff Kanata would have been a bargain. You went with Top Shelf, and uh, it That's means right. a lot, guys. Every single person on this call um, has made a valuable contribution to my life, so- Appreciate Excellent. you all. Even me? Ours. <laughs> <laughs> especially you. Especially. Yeah. Especially.